Hey, Jeff. Hey, Eric. How are you? I'm pretty good. How are you? Doing well, thank you. So I feel like our podcast is doing really great. I would agree. Our numbers, our conversations, our guests, all great. All great. Everything has been above board. Yeah. And nothing can stop that momentum. Great. Fantastic. Except that I have jury duty starting on Thursday. So what does that mean? It means that I might be gone for a while. I'm serving our country. My experience was when I went down there... They ask you what you do for a living, and I said, I am a hip-hop sketch comedian, and they said, what is that? And I had to describe that we do music, that we do TV, that we do writing, that we do interviews, that we do podcasts, and that was not attractive to them. They were like, wait. That's how you get off of a jury uh, pool. Yeah. They were like, no. And so I said, okay, bye. And And, and I came home. Well, I mean, but what is it about a hip-hop sketch comedian that, like, they're not into? Well... For the lawyers that day, it was the podcasting. They didn't want me to go home and talk about things that may have come up in court like this in the intro of a podcast. You should have told them, hey, guys, first of all, subscribe on iTunes. Yes. You can also find our podcast at SoundCloud.com slash A Waste of Time. You can also go to Stitcher or any other streaming service. I really should have, one by one. Yeah, well, it's a it's a captive audience. Ma'am, what do you use? Yeah, what is your iOS? <laughs> what is your preferred uh, method of listening to podcasts? But for you... For me. You're not totally against the idea of serving no. your fellow man. Well, also, I think it's a stretch to say that we would talk about a case on here. One, we are no snitches. That would, There you go. And two, what I want to do is I want to serve, and I want to... If somebody is going... To be on trial, I want to, you know, be a good of juror. Of course. Just like if you were on trial, you would hope that the jury was was full of 12 and then whatever, however many alternates of good people with good moral standing and well, I, no, I, I don't, good intentions. I, I don't need to go that far. I just need people who are my peers. Oh, well, <laughs> well you, peers could be anybody. It could be like the weird cat lady who shows up. And you know there's a strange well, collection of people that you'll be talking about on next week's podcast should you get thrown out of that jury pool. Oh, so I should do it for the story. I, I think you should do it for the fact that we have coming on the podcast. So today on the podcast, it's already been pre-recorded, so it doesn't matter for you, for the jury, for the judge, and whoever is on the trial for their life. Yeah, well, honestly, even if I am on this jury pool for the next, like, three years, yeah. we can still get Dan on. Dan. A lot of Dan fans out there. Or, like, a Peter Rosenberg. Yeah, just whoever. Just another Jew. Just get an Upper West Sider and just stick him in my seat and have him make, uh, you know, puns every once in a while. There you go. Today on the podcast, Jeff, we have our friend, Jamal Jamo. We have Jamal Jamo. Jamal, who is now working at E1, the record company, used to work for Nick Cannon. Before that, worked for Island Def Jam. Before that, worked for a hospital, I think. Before that, was he was in- at the source. He was at the source.com. Yeah. Let's be fair. Before that, went to college at 16 years old. Before that, was kicked out of high school for stupid reasons. Before that, was kicked out of like a gifted and talented program for stupid reasons. Anyway, there's a lot to go over. Not to mention, Jamal is one of the funniest people that we know in real life. And on Twitter. And also one of the best people we know. What and a it decent is, guy. It is an honor. It is a pleasure to have him up here. Oh, you're just being nice because? Because we screwed it up the first time. <laughs> he was uh, like episode like two or three yeah, or something, something like that. And we screwed it up. Well, you know, he's back. Yeah. And he has more of a story to tell right now. 
He was on here when he was 16 years old. Yeah. You know, way back then. Anyway, guys, great episode today with Jamal. Shout out to him. Always great talking with him. And uh, if you can't get enough of Jamal today, there's like four or five other episodes that he's been on. So check those out as well. Jeff, when do you want to get into this? Uh, right now. Yo, what up? It's Eric, a.k.a. Newton's Apple, a.k.a. Retro Drop. Yo, what up? It's Jeff, a.k.a. 15-Minute Lover, a.k.a. Stovetop Stuffer. <laughs> Yo, what up? It's Jamal, aka Designer Haircut, aka Gucci Mane. <laughs> yeah! Yeah! Someone Show came love, <laughs> Show love. Yeah, this is a waste of time with this surreal. <laughs> pew, 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 Jamal! <laughs> Welcome back. You now. Family. family you now family. are the most tenured person on this podcast. I've been here, I've been here <laughs> multiple times. I've appeared in front of the mic three times, this being my fourth time. Welcome back. One time got cut, and well, I might let that be the driver. I might yes. just tell other parts of people's you other ha- stories. You like, have a chip on your shoulder. I might bring yeah. a bit of Diani with me. I might speak a little bit of Haitian Creole. Shout out to Was and Naw. And I might, I don't know. I might be Kaz and talk about how luxurious my wow. Mohawk is. Wow. I'm gonna figure out what parts of other people's stories I'm going to adopt and tell as my own. So that this one doesn't get left on the cutting floor. To be fair, Jeff was very gentle, though. The ratchet. I was like, "Hey, so my episode is never going to happen, guys." And and just like, "Man, I feel no, no." Like, but I understand. But he was like, he was really gentle about it. I was like, "I was just like, your stories were whack, and nobody wants to." Yeah, no. I was like, "I get it." I, you know, yo, anybody, anybody could get it today. No, I'm I'm letting it. I'm letting that thing fly. How are you? Fly. My taxes are paid. I'm. I'm, I am. I'm good, man. I'm doing well. Your taxes are paid. I'm in. I'm in a good place. In case anyone. from the government's listening just come and see me for the, for the record come and see me you save your receipts like a motherfucker and yeah. my accountant has doubles <laughs> where do we start it's, i don't know it, it's up to you to... <laughs> um well i mean I've, I've now i feel like i've witnessed a great deal of your cross-country tour i might pop up in ohio all knows? right looking forward to that um, but i've popped up in multiple cities no, you know what it's 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 you never know who's going to be in an audience except for Jamal. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, I'm usually, I'm usually. And there. I, I want to say like how much we appreciate that uh, you were at our LA show. Sure was. With our friend Abigail. Yep. And I'd and like also to. Also Derek, shout out to Derek. I'd like to start right there, which is that uh, you and Abigail went to high school together. Bang, bang. But. Middle school and high school. Don't you guys are not the most famous alumna from your high school. Nah, there's better than us. And I uh, feel like that's that's where we should start because since we've had you on... We have to talk about Lin-Manuel Miranda. We have to talk about Lin-Manuel Miranda. I thought we were going to talk about Immortal Technique because we've got, like, if we're going to shout them out, let's shout them all out. Yeah, yeah. Like, okay. Shout out to Immortal Technique, my guy. You're right, right, right. Who I last saw when I was coming out of a dermatologist's office in Chinatown. Is that right? Shouts at me from down the block. Yo, Maul! And I turned around I was like, oh shit, it's you. Um, did and he tried and shove you in a garbage can nah, the way me, that he did see, to Lin Manuel? Man. High school and Lin, I, I love Lin. I love Lin's wife, Vanessa. They're both beautiful people. Uh, Lin a year before me, Vanessa a year after me. Everybody got bullied in high school. <laughs> and some people did bullying in high school as well. I was a dick. Yeah. But I also got into my fair share and lost, you know, more than <laughs> like I lost a couple of fights too. But like everybody got bullied. That's a part of it. I never got bullied. Like it happened that Tech and I were like we were cool, but like right. I don't know, man. Wait, that's part of the high everybody school. Everybody got bullied except for you and the moral technique, and that was it? No, 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 no. I'm sure he got bullied, but at that point he was the upperclassman. Like <laughs> right. when you're no one got bullied. Yeah, right, no. Yeah. Oh, I got yeah. I got <laughs> fucked with. Absolutely. But I was also I was 
I was a fat black kid from Rockaway, and I was also funny as shit. So I made fun of people a lot. Right. So I did a lot of the bullying. Did you see it? Emotional. For- at this point, they call it emotional <laughs> bullying. Or I'd be a cyber bully. Like I, when we first had Instant Messenger, I was in the computer lab, and I was making fun of this kid constantly with a name that I called him in class, and I would send like broadcast messages. So I think I might have invented cyber bullying. Oh, I didn't realize that. Hey, yeah. No. Yeah. Shout out to me. I could have been president. That's gonna be the lead line in the bio there on might, the yes, podcast. <laughs> there might still be time. Did you see it for? Man, Manuel, Lin Man. Um, Did you call him Lin Man? <laughs> the couple of times, like I auditioned for musical rep, got into musical rep, and uh, it was a play that he was like pretty high up on, um, and I didn't do it because academic ineligibility. Um, <laughs> which you know, yeah. shout out. To be fair, Hunter's academic ineligibility is like you have like a B average. Oh, it's a real thing. Oh yeah, no, you can actually be academically ineligible. I didn't go to class. Once I found out how to skip class, fuck you. Where did you go when you skipped class? To the courtyard, like a dick. Like, I would be hanging out. Right, find like, me. Yeah, one day my art teacher, who I was sure was a neo-Nazi, with this ridiculous long braid, came outside. She's like, so you're just not going to go? It's like, how'd you know I was here? And I'm like, sitting on the steps, I look up. I was like, oh, that's right. There's a mirror right from your hallway down to where I am. Yeah. Um, and maybe I should have switched locales. You had so some guts. I got a little bit smarter about it. I had some guts or some stupidity. See, Abigail would go it. to the Mets games and she, she would, would smoke... You know, in the upper deck. <laughs> yes. No, Abigail had it smarter than I did. I mean, at yeah. some point we discovered the little courtyard. Sorry for all the Hunter kids who are still trying to cut class. Um, they know now. Uh, and Hunter just... is an actual jail. Like, it, 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 it is it's, shaped like a jail. It's a brick prison. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's, that's the, <laughs> that's that's the affectionate. Yeah. That's the affectionate name. But yeah, it's like a, it's a stronghold. It, right. It's, it's a way to keep the bad out, I guess. <laughs> that's but did you, did you ever think Lynn manuel Miranda was going to go to the White House, become like celebrated no, by like. No, no, no. No, I never, I never saw it like that. I was like, oh man, he's gonna write some amazing fucking jingles. One right. Day. Like yeah. I thought, I was like, you know, he's gonna live his dream and that be it. Um, never thought he would a marry Vanessa. Okay. Um, <laughs> or you know, b end up as like the leader of the musical world. Right. Or the musical repertory world. Okay. Because he's not like. Did you have your money Bruno on someone Mars. else? <laughs> yeah, it was gonna be Jamal, but his academic ineligibility. Yeah, yeah it was. Yeah. It was me initially. Uh, I had my money on this uh, couple of white girls in my class who were always singing and dancing. <laughs> And twirling around. Where are they today? Are they Facebook friends? Oh, they're like school teachers. Yeah, Not that there's yeah. anything wrong with teaching school. They are Facebook <laughs> friends uh, also. I guess you could be a Facebook friend and a school teacher. Um, um, so you're originally from Rockaway? I am originally from Rockaway. Bay Tower, stand up. Yeah, I mean, does 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 that mean something to you today? Like, did it shape who you are? Um, it did in that my mom wouldn't didn't want me near it. <laughs> yeah, she, my sister was into not. A, I don't want to say a bunch of bullshit to make my sister sound like a reformed criminal, though she is. Um, <laughs> I don't mean that, Joel. Please don't hurt me. Uh, but no, she, it, it made her realize what she didn't want me around. So it, it very much shaped a lot of the experiences that she put me into, whether it was doing CTY or prep for prep and things like that, understanding that she didn't want me to go to school out there because she did have my sister uh, as a student and failed my sister, uh, which was a which is a claim that she still eats out on today. Your, oh, your mom, mom is a teacher. teacher. Yeah, my mom was a okay. teacher. Uh, and, uh, like, and shut your sister down. Eventually. Yeah, no, she failed my sister, like hardcore failed her. And she would tell the story to all she's like look i failed my daughter Damn. so if you think you can't fail my class you oh. got it fucked Yo, up your mom's cold Yo. yeah no she's rough she's rough uh <laughs> you know when people are like hey i don't want to take my work home it's like the opposite you know and that's the thing like my mom would separate it like she was like she apparently told her a couple of times and she's like look it's possible for you to fail my class and my sister just didn't take it seriously um and then my sister failed her fucking class <laughs> uh but like she never was like at home like look do this work you have to do it. she's like no you choose your path however right. you do it 
is how you do it. And so. So do you have friends then? So your life is outside of Rockaway then? Yes, yes. My life and is outside of Are your of friends inside Rockaway or, or are you like. I nah. have friends in Rockaway. Um, I was in the. Shout them out. Shout out your block. <laughs> uh, uh, peace to Brendan Murphy, Karen Walsh, uh, James Gwynn. There you uh, go. The gang. Yeah. All, all, all the white Irish kids that I grew up with who affected my corporate voice today. Um, no, I, I did like the Rockaway shit. Like I played basketball at St. Camillus and like we hung out and had sleepovers and did shit like that. Um, but yeah, for the most part, like my extracurriculars were really outside of Rockway. Like prep for prep was Manhattan, CCY was at Johns Hopkins. Uh, so yeah, I you were was, going all over the place. I was getting it in, man. Yeah, I was no, getting it. In. I would go that's to a, that's a long train ride. First of all, from Rockaway into Manhattan. Uh, bus, private bus. Wow. Mm-hmm. Oh, don't private, private yeah, bus. Yeah. My, I look, man. I when I look <laughs> back on some of the shit that my mom did when I was a kid and understanding that she was an educator, it's it's baffling sometimes. Yeah, because there was like Disney vacations, which. I'm at the point now where I still don't want to take a fucking Disney vacation. Like, <laughs> um, I'm probably going to take one, though, just for shit okay, and yep, gigs, mm-hmm. but, um But, yeah, like, she would take – she took us to Disney and, like, splurged. Like, we were in the hotel that had the monorail running through it. That's awesome. And I look back, and I remember – like, I look at pictures, but I also look at shit where, like, I was fully Mickeyed out. Yeah. And so, like, I had all the, like, $90 T-shirts. I was like, you know what? That's pretty fucking special. If there's ever a reason so. to, like, not end up in prison or have my mother come and visit me um, – you know that would that would be it. Well, did you have a moment when you were like a kid and you were just like, oh, I realize what this is and I realize how hard my mom is like going for me, uh, or were you like a jerk? I was a jerk. <laughs> I was I was a kid. Yeah, like I there was one time she didn't take me toy shopping and I got straight A's on a report card or straight E's for excellent at okay, that point yeah, yeah. Uh, on a report card and um it was like one slightly less than E whatever that yeah. was. And I was like, okay, so we can go get toys now. She's like, yeah, you didn't do, you didn't agree, you didn't reach the terms of the agreement. <laughs> and I was like, I didn't take it for what it should have been as a teachable moment. I was like, you motherfucker, like, you really, <laughs> you gonna skate me out of some, as hard as I work this section and you just gonna fuck me out of some toys? And, you know, I didn't realize that it's A, teaching you accountability, but also sometimes moms are just plain tired. Right, and, sure. Like, she does a lot, and me asking to go toy shopping after she's had a long day of work, and I'm coming with a report card. I should have just been happy with that personal pan pizza from Pizza Hut <laughs> and called it a day. Yeah, so, you know, kids are dicks. God damn, I was, I was certainly one myself. You were uh, King Dick. Yeah, I was King Dick. Yo, King so, Dingaling was me. That's a, so that's a weird. Prep for prep. Were you were you ahead of the rest of your class? Where did you contingent fourteen? Bang 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 bang. What, bang, is, bang, what bang. does that mean? Also, it was partially fucked prep for prep because they were on some racist bullshit. Talk about um, it. I because I had such a long commute. Uh, there were times when I would come home and my mom would write my homework down for me while I was taking a bath. Yeah. So you dictate it. Yeah. Like she would read a problem By the way, to me. The more you say about your mom, the more she is a queen. Like, no, she's a yeah, ride or die. Like, no, that yeah. that's my. We just moved her into the new crib right by a fucking country club and had a ball over the Christmas break. She's she's absolutely. She's always been um one of my best friends and has always obviously looked out for me. But like the older I get, the more and more she evolves into like truly like. That's my people. Yeah, like, yeah. I, I love her dearly. Yeah, and um, that, but that toy situation was pretty dickish. No, nah, we had to. Yeah, and I was, I was an asshole. We had to get back for that. I, I feel like I've made up for it in, in more than my fair share of purchased and purchased goods and golf lessons. Um, but no, like we, uh, we. So I, I would dictate my homework to her. Like she would read me a problem, and I was. Which, by the way, I'm a kid doing fucking math problems in my head and doing Latin homework in a bathtub. Like, 
Shout me out. Like, right. Show yeah, me yeah. some love. Yes. And, and Are you asking us to now? No, no, no. Shout no, no, out to you guys. You, no, you guys shout you're, to you. I appreciate you. Yeah. Um, I, know I don't shout out people who beg for shout outs. <laughs> That's a lie. I've seen your, I've seen your follow Friday. Yeah. Um, and so one, one teacher took exception to this and uh, brought it up as an issue of plagiarism and said, oh, well, his homework isn't in his writing. And like, again, I'm doing well. I'm getting along with kids. Like, And they brought me for a meeting and... I went home that day and they'd already told my mom, but I had to, she's like, I want you to understand that that is in no way, shape or form your fault. And was like really good about it. But yeah, I got kicked out of prep for prep. They for, kicked you out. Yep. Oh my God. Yep. So where do you go from there? Are you just like, I went back to school, uh, went back to, to a teacher who's like, well, you won't make, cause I was like gifted and talented, but also I get really, my attention span doesn't lend itself to bullshit <laughs> and so like i would get bored as fuck in school and so i had a teacher um who charmaine nameless because i've forgotten her she's like well you won't <laughs> you won't do well in prep for prep because you don't you don't do your work in a timely fact i was like i know all the answers like what am i like i was, I was like i could teach fifth grade if i was you like, yeah and she and she, you she returned to her too much uh yeah i returned well i returned the next year and i told her about prep for prep and how it went which is my mistake because you don't let haters know your moves uh <laughs> shout out to my first hater um there's a bar yeah there yeah, it is yeah. keep it uh it's <laughs> <laughs> from me to you um and so she was like well I, I knew you wouldn't i was like oh well you're a dick uh years later she asked me to come back and speak to her class and i did because That's... love is the way to be spread uh no, but like have, I came in, I should have shitted on her. Yeah, you go in on her like during the. I was like, and this teacher's gonna try to tell you you won't make it. No, I didn't. I was way more gracious than that. I wish I would have. I feel like if I was a bit more vindictive at random points in my life, my story would be a lot uh, more interesting. But I, I wasn't. I like, wish I you just like turn instead of like facing the class, you just turn to her and, and just, just give her bars. Her. Yeah, 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 yeah. Just give her pure bunny rabbit. For <laughs> Here's my advice. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, don't listen to her because she needs a teacher's manual to understand basic <laughs> algebra. So that um, lets you know where she is in life. In any gifted and talented program, they sort of like want to expand your mind past most things that you understand at that age mm -hmm. and do they introduce any type of like class like like for us i don't know what, what your experiences were like jeff but mine i remember they were just like yeah i know you had interest in like audio stuff and like writing but like we want to put you in haiku and i had to take like a whole like i don't wow. know how long the class was but it was haiku and it was just like we have to do more than one of these <laughs> days of this no they didn't they didn't expand us outside of the space too much it was Yo, just do a quick haiku for us <laughs> <laughs> they didn't do rocketry with you or anything like we had <laughs> access to like all the it was basically just an accelerated curriculum like mm -hmm. they didn't do any like special interest shit like yeah. we everything was like the class at large and if you wanted to do extra which is my my mother god bless her was so keen on me doing other shit outside of it because they never tried to push you it was like oh you clearly like music here let's put you here it's yeah. like i got put into band i was the only fourth grader in i was yeah i was the only fourth grader in sixth grade band whoa or at the, the young because my mother pushed for it yeah like my grandfather was a jazz musician and would put me or taught jazz he loved jazz he yeah might not have been a this isn't one of those stories <laughs> where like people find records for my granddad um but he, he taught me clarinet and so I took up clarinet, like he gave me a clarinet from his personal collection. So I started playing clarinet and my mom's like, you know, Jamal's good. So I auditioned for the band teacher and I was in band. Two yep. grades ahead. Yep. Holy shit. Yep. Did you John Bishop. <laughs> did you sit like near kids who appreciated that or did you find that they were like, well, like who's not the, a who, Jamal fan yeah, or who's, what? Who's the chicken? Like? <laughs> right. Who's, who's this fourth grader? Uh, <laughs> No, it wasn't. It was cool, man. Like, because it, it was all like we all knew each other just yeah. because this one, like, it's not a bunch of accelerated classes. It's one accelerated lane. You get the same teacher that the year prior to you had, unless yeah. you know they quit 
or drink themselves into a stupor. <laughs> um, and so, like, it was so, like, they all, all the kids knew me. Like, I was cool enough with all of them. I was yeah. only dicks to kids in my grade. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, it was, we got along fine. It wasn't, I didn't run into any bullshit. And there was also a clarinet deficiency. So, <laughs> I was like, I was third chair, and it was only because there were only three chairs. And if I wasn't there, they would have only had two clarinets. So, I don't know if it was a matter of necessity or uh, skill, but. I was there and they weren't and I played happy birthday for every relative ever in my family. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. yeah. The there you go. So while other kids Earn were playing keep. recorder, <laughs> yeah. yeah. All the kids were playing recorder, I was fucking it up with the clarinet. <laughs> yeah. And still master the recorder. Like don't get it fucked up. My hot, hot cross, cross buns, buns <laughs> my hot cross buns was quite fuego. Let's get that let's just put that on the record. My recorder game was strong. Do you continue that into high school? Are you in band in high school? I was in band in high school, but I was trombone in high school. I How did you from a reed to, to, to a brass, brass instrument? Spent the summer playing trombone. Did Nerd you, shit. Did you push for that? Or was that someone else? I wanted to learn something different. I wanted to play trumpet. My mother wouldn't let me play trumpet. My grandfather had a trombone. Mm -hmm. So, trombone. Wow. Yeah. Were you nice? I was serviceable. I don't, I don't know, like, 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 who is it? Trombone Shorty, and then like yeah. ninety-five other people who were yeah. all at the exact same skill level uh, and considered masters. Uh, so yeah, I was. I wasn't like you were sixth chair. I wasn't. Yeah, I wasn't supreme in trombone, uh, but I was second chair. Uh, I held oh, okay. my own. I did trombone. I did choir. Hunter is very much a uh, chorus. Sorry, not choir. Okay, mm -hmm. separation of church, and <laughs> yeah. Yeah. state, and all that fly shit. Um, I don't even know if that's the right thing. Yeah, I'll let you know how much attention I pay. <laughs> But yeah, so I, I did, I was second chair trombone, uh, did chorus, did musical rep, uh, like did Brick City Playhouse, again, academic ineligibility, but I made it with the speaking role. Um, Brick City being Newark. Yeah. Brick Prison Playhouse. Yeah, yeah. Go fuck yourself, Jeff. Uh, thanks for pointing out. You could have just let that ride. But yes, Brick Prison Playhouse. Not, I was not, no, I was not in a play with Red Man, though that would have been yeah, a yeah. Yeah. Between you and Us Rod playing Digger opposite playing, each other. Yeah, yeah and said you were with Immortal Technique. Shout out Rod Digger. Yeah. Um, what does high school mean to you? Are you taking are you taking it somewhat seriously at first, or are you just like immediately you're like <laughs> I took it seriously at first, not too seriously in the middle, in in that I didn't take it seriously at all in the middle, um, and then I just didn't <laughs> I tried to take it too seriously way too late, uh, and so I was out of Hunter by ninety seven. Out of uh, Hunter. Out of Hunter. You got kicked out. Yep. You were asked to leave. I was asked to leave. Because and you said I, no. <laughs> I was like, oh, go fuck yourself. And my mom's like, all right, well, now you got to go to college. And she's like, you could finish high school. I was like, that would be laughable. She's like, yeah. So I instead of finishing high school, what'd you do? Like, took my GED and went to college that very next semester. Where do you go to take your GED? Uh, she just walked me into a program. She's like, I don't think you need to take a prep course. I was like, I probably don't need to take a prep course. Like, I'd taken my SATs by this point. Yeah. I'd smoked my SATs. I was... Yo, like, what was your score? Do you want to talk about this? Yeah, let's just do it. 1550. No, no big deal. Wow. No big deal. Like, I, I was, was there any part of you that was like, let me take it again to try to get that 1600? I wanted to. My mom was like, if you fuck it up. I was like, yeah, <laughs> Wait, how did you get kicked out of Hunter? I didn't go to class. <laughs> the one thing you class. have to do lazy but talented yeah no you yeah. got like i know i went to school with some and god love them but i went to school with some kids who are not that bright and it's evident in their facebook post today like i see kids who are just like i was like oh you're just kind of middling you were in the yearbook though oh yeah like, I they was, took I the was, yearbook photo i was in yearbook i went to prom i was all over the place you but you didn't cross that stage you can't ban the snowman <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we were also class of 99, so I was out two years early. Like, I, But I was still a part of everything. Uh, I would have gone to semi-formal, uh, but I had a college date. Oh. And so I had to skate on my semi-formal date. Sorry, 80. So you take the GED, mm -hmm. and there's no, like, is there any, like, formality to it? or is it I just, like... walked in, sat down, took my test, finished each section early, was bored shitless, got my results, went to Nassau Community College. Okay. 
<laughs> like Hold it, was, on, yeah. it was so there was no pomp or circumstance to it. The, yeah, it was there's nothing such... less glamorous than saying I went to Nassau Community College. Yeah, no, I mean because I had to go somewhere. Like right. my mom didn't want me away. She's like, but you have to take college courses. So yeah. are you, how old are you at this point? I uh, was sixteen. Sixteen. Mm-hmm. So everyone else that you know is in high school. Yep. Or everyone your age is in high school. Mm-hmm. Um, I assume you know more people older or, or I, younger. I know than you. older. Yeah. I, I hung out with some thirty year olds. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> Uh, but so you all my friends are in high school though today yeah to, to, to this all the ones why all the seats in my white van are occupied by kids 15 and younger so so at 16 what is it like walking into any college class at that point easy yeah it was the most because hunter i mean hunter does in that way they do prepare you and very much for being responsible for your schedule and things like that if you, you know, actually adhere to it and go to class. Um, but yeah, no, it was so I was ready for it. Like and I'd seen it and I'd done I'd done summer programs. So I was like I was all too ready for the practical part of the college curriculum. And then the work was just it wasn't difficult. But what about like the social aspect of like these are kids who are, you know, I got a job in the library to bide my time, uh, and would just get along with kids, like started dating a girl in my class who I think had she known my real age would have considered herself to be a pedophile. Um, <laughs> she'd let me drive her car, uh, which was illegal. Well, yeah, um, yeah, so, so no, no driver's license? No, nah, man. I, I had a learner's permit. Uh, a very strong learner's permit. Um, you know gas? and yeah, yeah, yeah. I know I know what not to do to run into a wall. Um, but yeah, she so she would let me drive her car around campus and like just go and do like little stupid shit like Run to the mall, go over to Hofstra, <laughs> shit like that. Uh, were you um, living on campus? No, well, there's no, there's no on campus living, so I was at home. Gotcha. Uh, at this point, so I still. So everyone to... commutes. Yeah, and yeah. you were working at the library. Mm-hmm. Do you need to know the Dewey Des- Decimal System at that point? At that point, you didn't need to know the Dewey Decimal System. Wow, absolutely. So which was just again, like it was very, it was amazing how many kids didn't get it, but <laughs> it's, it's the simplest shit ever. But yes, I did need to know the Dewey Decimal System and cataloging, and thankfully I never had to be the one to put the books back on the shelf. You did not? No. What was your job? I just sat at the desk and told people where shit was. <laughs> like, it was, I was, I, I was, is that a librarian? That's not what a librarian is, is it? Like, just because you work in a library doesn't make you a librarian. Um, but yeah, I just pointed people in the right way. What did you want to do? Initially, financial advisor, uh, until I realized that shit only sounded glamorous and was fucking awful. Uh, then I wanted to be famous rapper. Okay. Uh, and at this point, like, I'm still rapping with friends in high school. We're right. doing shows and shit. You were infamous. Uh, I was inf. Uh, it was just inf- infinite. Infinite. Oh, I was in- never infamous. infamous. I was never infamous. And where did that come from? Uh, infinite was just a name that I thought sounded cool. And right. So I did it. Did I it sound the cool? E. Uh, in, in hindsight, <laughs> um, were you part of a crew? I was. I was part of Metaphorics. Metaphorics. Oh my god! Wow, yeah, this, this is, is very. Yeah, this is a lot. I, is, I don't often is... talk about rap beginnings just because I hate to be that person who works at a record label or deals with rappers. I'm like, you know, by the way, <laughs> I rap too. Like, yeah. like, he was like, no, nah, I don't think you should do that. Like, wait, let me, let me. Nah, so right. I've never, never once been that person. What were you listening to at that time? Uh, everything from Lyricist Lounge. Uh, that was a joy of it. Like I, I got to be around and was free enough to hit a lot of Lyricist Lounge stuff to go to shows at like the Lions Den and Pyramid and shit like that. Uh, a lot of breeze ever flowing. Uh, a lot of underground shit. I spent a good amount of my time and liquid money in uh, Fat Beats. Well, yeah. did did you see Immortal Technique perform live? Like when you guys were both in high school? Uh, no, not when we were in high school. Uh. The one I didn't see Immortal Technique or Dugius perform when I was in high school. I saw them uh, after the fact, yeah. uh, but was aware of them. And what were you looking to do with your career at that point? 
Like, would you go and just find ciphers, or did or, you? Or does career sound like career a is very locked? Yeah, okay. yeah. Career is yeah. uh, what I was looking to do with my rapping. Yes, uh, <laughs> it was. Well, I am peeking out when I get close to the mic. Look at those levels. That's terrific. All good. Uh, <laughs> either way, <laughs> um, no. I wanted to. I wanted to be on. Don't turn me down. No. All right. Yeah. <laughs> did you turn me up? Um, I wanted to be. I wanted to go to ciphers. I wanted to be underground famous because I thought that was the way, and then didn't realize that seeing Wordsworth get on the same bus that I was getting on <laughs> uh, might not have been the most fun um, or the best, the best objective for a career. Uh, but I just wanted to be. I wanted to have vinyl and fat beats. I wanted to be recognized enough to not have to double dutch my way into a cipher. Right. Um, yeah. I just wanted to be respected underground rapper. Does that mean that you hated all commercial rap? No, I loved commercial rap. Okay. I, I'm still, I was Jay-Z, Biggie, like yep, I, I listened yep. to all, but I had a special affinity uh, for the Lyrics and Show just because it seemed very attainable. Mm -hmm. Like it, it seemed close, like you would see the flyers. Uh, once I left Nassau and was at Old Westbury for uh, two years before finishing at Pace, I went to school with Rise of Demigod, so I would see him at the radio station when I would go up there and uh, mix and use their facilities. So that that's what I, like I just wanted to be, you know, Respected enough to make five hundred dollars a week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Day. Talk about your throwback jersey collection. Oh, phenomenal! Um, <laughs> infinite, even. Yeah, it wasn't infinite. It was very finite, but uh, it was it was phenomenal. And I mean, I should have they should have never gave me money. Okay. Uh, because I spent a ton. Probably brought a lot of bootlegs too. When I look back at some of those deals, I definitely hit the garment district mm -hmm. and would buy Air Force Ones for forty bucks, <laughs> and then would go and get like the most ridiculous jerseys, like the one with every quarterback of yeah, the oh, past yeah. century on it. And it had like 95 numbers and went down to your knee. Um, yeah, a lot of 4X jerseys uh, had to be purged from the collection. Uh, but it was it was exceptional. My most prized one. Jeez, uh, what was my most prized jersey? A Spirit of St. Louis jersey. That's dope, though. The Spirit of St. Louis, uh, which in hindsight was very much a fake Spirit of St. Louis. <laughs> uh, yeah, the year was all wrong. Um did you just think that you you were the one guy who found like the? the I thought I was the dude. It was yeah. like an alternate color. But I was yeah. like, oh, this shit's fire. Um, and thankfully, no pictures exist. Two tone do rags to go with all of it. I was really. I dressed. Oh, I was full regalia when it came to my douchebag. What was your denim like? Uh, oversized and gaudy. Uh, <laughs> I was a Maya before Maya was a Maya. Uh, it was, Anyone can get it today. Yeah. Any, no, I'm letting the yopper spray. Um, a lot of Parasukos, uh, a lot of ridiculous. I had Pele jumpsuits. Mm -hmm. uh, my velour game again. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It was a special needs. Right. It was quite out of here. Um, what, Sean John? Sean John, you name it. Aniche. Aniche. Uh, NYC, pardon me. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, uh, it's just, well, it really depends. Isn't it just NYC spelled phonetically? Yes. Yeah, yeah. but like, as Kanye said, NYC, oh, that's Aniche. Mm -hmm. Oh. Well. <laughs> Let's take our cues from Kanye. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's not going through any problems. Because a, he's a good pacing point. Um, did you have any of those jackets that had all of the NBA logos on it? Fuck like, yes. Yeah, yeah. I had denim, pleather, and one wool jacket. Did you have any leather hats? No, I didn't. Wait, do you no. have any of this stuff still? No. Nah. No, man. That all went to, I want to say Goodwill, but there's no Goodwill <laughs> beyond giving that shit away. Uh, so some of it went to the trash. A lot of it went and got donated. I tried to sell some shit on eBay. Um, and one kid returns like this is a fake, and I was like, "Well, you can't prove that." Yeah. <laughs> it's like actually I can. I was like, "Well, it was real to me," um, <laughs> so that didn't go well. Uh, but yeah, so a lot of it is in the trash. Uh, hopefully, burned and living in the atmosphere by some point, clotting our lungs. So during those financial advisor sort of days, did during, you during that dream? Yeah, but <laughs> sophomore year, did you did you have an internship at like any institution? Nah. 
So you just like you were like, no, nope, you know what? I'm not going to do that. My two internships in life. Uh, no, I didn't. Sorry, I don't know if I is that a bad segue? Yeah, let's <laughs> talk about the internships. Fuck, jump all over the place. Um, my two internships in life were the Source.com and uh, shout out to Tracy McGregor and my brother Brian Getz and uh, Revlon in trademark law. Whoa. Yeah. So yeah. for I don't know which one to start with. I only pick, pick I only want to talk about the source to be honest, but like <laughs> source.com. Yeah. Source.com, not the source. How did you get the source.com? My man Brian brought me in. He was like, "Hey, they're looking for people who know computers and who also know rap and who can roll a blunt." Mm-hmm. True story. Um, did I you know w- how to roll a blunt? Oh, I was expertly rolled a blunt. You said, "Let uh, me throw on the Sean John and yeah, walk absolutely. right in." Let me, yeah. I, so I went, uh, met with Tracy McGregor. Uh, at the time, I had cornrows, and my first order of business was bringing in someone who had braided. She's like, "Oh, where'd you get your hair braided?" I was like, "Oh, you know, uptown. I went to Harlem and just went to one of the ladies there, and it was twenty five bucks." It's like, "Yeah, you should bring somebody here to braid my hair." I was like, "Wait, what?" <laughs> um, and not realizing that's you know a part of the process. I never did bring the person to braid. You her didn't. Hair, but oh. I referred her. Oh. <laughs> uh, she came in with her hair braided, and. I I don't know if she ever forgot about it, but I certainly <laughs> pretended I did. Um, I had to. There was a Young Bloods party uh, that I rolled blunts for, and we made blunt hors d'oeuvres. <laughs> uh, yeah, there was. They, we stole humongous Tangeray bottles, plastic Tangeray bottles, uh, which lived in our rooms while we were in college. Yeah, it was just. It was fun. It was access. It was hilarious shit. It was being close to people that you normally read about. We shared offices with Don Diva. Wow. You never know how much you smell like weed until. <laughs> You share offices with Don Diva right. and leave every day and try to go to class afterwards. Uh, and it's just, yeah. It stays reads. with you. St- smells smells of the loud. Um, and, and Revlon? Revlon, yes. Uh, my mother's former student uh, was heading up trademark Your sister. law. Yes, yes. Uh, hi, Joel. Um, she could never be a lawyer. She, she hates the law. Uh, uh, so one of my mom's former students was working in trademark law. She's like, hey, if you need, if you have somebody who, like an internship, we have some positions and we'll interview. She's like, oh, well, and she gave her my name. She's like, wait, Jamal isn't your son? She's like, yeah. She's like, okay, the job is his. So I didn't have to interview or anything. Went in, dressed like all four members of Boys to Men. Nice. Um, Just horrible. (laughs) You had a cane? Horrible horrible garments. Uh, Did you also have to roll blunt? <laughs> I, I did not have to roll blunts at uh, at Revlon. I didn't. Um, I got a lot of free samples. Uh, do with that what you will. With which I started my slow descent into baldness uh, because I dyed my hair with some of the off-brand hair coloring that wow. was there. Uh, but got paid handsomely. It was like twenty-five bucks for the summer. Wait, what? twenty-five Wait. bucks an hour, not for the yeah, summer. Yeah, 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 yeah. Please do not besmirch the name of Revlon. They are a proud sponsor of this podcast. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> so, jump into the- so <laughs> what? What did you know about trademark law at the beginning of the summer? I knew nothing of trademark law. And what did you know at the end of the summer? Uh, how to file. <laughs> <laughs> And that was the bulk of it. So I you weren't that. even going to become like you know a trademark lawyer. I wasn't going to become a trademark lawyer. No, it didn't make me say, "Hey, I want to go to law <laughs> school now." Like that wasn't what did it for me. Uh, yeah, I was just I was there, just reading shit, filing shit, sitting in an office, dressed horribly. Yeah, uh, and I was close to FAO Schwartz, which was a bright spot. Okay, and yeah, uh, get, your get mom those toys. Finally get your toys. Yeah. yeah. Well, I had to get them myself because at that point I was just getting money, um, <laughs> and so that was part of my summer and the other part of it once that internship was up was uh spent teaching for cuny wow yeah you were you were an adjunct professor i taught it was research foundation for cuny it was like a high school program and i would teach kids cool um uh, yeah so so music is definitely a part of your life from yes clarinet yes. to trombone to rapping to the internship but mm-hmm. but where do you see it going the internship 
I saw it as a way to get into unsigned hype. Uh, yeah, that's what I was <laughs> yeah. like. Oh, this, if something's gonna happen with this rap shit, it's got to happen now. I mean, did you did you slide a CD toward like that desk? I like, did. Who is I, this I, guy? I, yeah. I asked my demo to realizing that they were so far removed from anything that had to do with the publication, <laughs> uh, and I just we I gave them the demo. I was like, you might want to give this a listen. And, yeah, and they did. They're like, yeah. That was music, I guess. <laughs> and that was the last we ever spoke of it. Well, but like, how do you how do you move forward from that then? You keep trucking. Um, you keep so sliding your your demo <laughs> Whatever it takes. Uh, so I I, I kept uh, we kept rapping. We'd split by the time uh, I was done with college, um, and the, my other group members were still there. So I then start grad school, and I'm at NYU. Doing studying music business, but have access to the recording facilities there. I had friends who were at Columbia. Um, you went you went for music business because you were like, well, I should know the business, or I want to get into. The I business. went for music business because I wanted to know the business, and because I wanted to. I at this point, I was more aware of the executives around it, and I realized that I could work in music, be knowledgeable about music, and not have to make music because I was also very aware of rappers who were doing horribly. Right uh, at yeah. this point, too. Uh, Clearly, you had graduated from college. You walked the stage that time, I assume. Nope, didn't walk. Why not? You got kicked out. <laughs> no, nah, I just I was just over it. I was oh. just onward. Yeah, I didn't. Yeah, Jeff didn't walk at his either. He was well. Just it like, rained. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not gonna go and stand in the rain. <laughs> my biggest thing was my mom knowing that I was done with college. That I came and did it, and that was it. And we were done. Yeah. And so that was, I was like, and she had to feel pretty I'm great, doing, right? Yeah, I was like, no extra shit to pay for. Sorry, I didn't think about the ceremony of it and how, <laughs> you know, that might be fun for family to go to. And also how you rack up on fucking gifts when you invite <laughs> people to a graduation party. I did not, there was no foresight there. Because then I've been thinking, I've been like, you know what? I'm graduating and we're having a party and here's where I'm registered. Buy me shit. Right. FAO Schwartz. <laughs> yes, <Yeah>. exactly. <laughs> they go pick up all the toys and that big ass piano. <laughs> We gonna get back for all the times that they played me on the report card. That's that right. Was one e short of being perfect. You go to grad school though, mm-hmm. and you realize like, all right, well, I'm not done with school just yet. I thought that there was more to learn. Uh, I was initially started. I started by taking a summer class at NYU, uh, and met a couple of professors who were like, "Well, is this something you want to do?" More? I was like, "You know, it might be." And it started a conversation uh, where I was allowed kind of. Wow, I was going to say something that sounded really horrible. I was going to say I was allowed backdoor entry. I wasn't. It was very much on the up and up, but I also realized the connotation that comes with backdoor entry. Uh, there was no sodomy in my right. being admitted to. It was all very much on the well, up and up. prove it. Uh, it still sounds like a whisper when I fart. Um, that's the best I can do. Um, so, yeah, I, I, was, I was very much – no, it wasn't the traditional path. Right, uh, but got into grad school by the grace of some believing professors and an affinity for music. That's awesome. Yeah. So what what was that experience like? Do you meet any like it was amazing uh, people that come to talk to your class? Uh, I read the Passman book yep. and took the course with Donald Passman, which was uh, remarkable as fuck. Like, yeah. To learn business ethics, you know, and from the guy, right, from the head of it. Uh, um, not it was before Clive Davis, so this is still yeah. Steinhardt School of Ed. Mm-hmm. So there was no. There was I wasn't like around the L Varners though I did meet L later because mm-hmm. I 
dated a friend of hers. God bless her. Uh, <laughs> there was no so like, but I'm not meeting like I'm not around like folks like that. I didn't have a Marat overseeing my program. Right. Like, there was no so it was very much just like, hey, you get in, you learn the shit. Maybe you get an internship, you go out into the world. By the way, is now the time that we mentioned that the three of us are going to be speaking at that class uh, come the spring? Oh, yes. did we mention that? Yes, oh, yeah, yeah. I've been waiting okay. to tweet yeah. that. Yes. Yeah. So uh, shout out to Future Music Moguls, and uh, we'll see you guys in. Uh, we will see you guys in April. Yeah, I thought it was March. Maybe oh, both. it's March twenty first. Yeah. yeah, he said, "Can you come Saturday, April 1st? Not realizing that thirty one days half March. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I was like, "Do you mean Jeff, Sunday, Jamal April has 1st? a degree from the school, so let's defer to him." It doesn't mean I can read a calendar. <laughs> <laughs> it means I paid for everything. Um, but yes, it is. It is March thirty first that we are going to speak with future music moguls, and we're looking forward to it. Uh, Going to ruin time. some young minds. That's right. I hope so. I hope yeah. so. Uh, so no one, no one came to speak to you that was like the Jamal of of that day. No, no. Like, I had access to people. I didn't take it. Like, it, it wasn't, it also wasn't full access. Like, people would come in, we'd have guest speakers, but even then, it wasn't like focused around, okay, here's what you're going to do. It's like, okay, now you know the music business. Do with that what you will. Like, All right. So, what was the big takeaway from or, it? Um, don't get in the music business. <laughs> it, partly. Uh, really? for, for a long time, the biggest takeaway was, wow, I just wasted time and money. Damn. Because, uh, I mean, I get into, like, by the time I get a major label job and I'm around people, I'm like, oh, there are people here who are top executives who can barely write their name. That's um, true. You know, so I was I was just, I was like, okay, this is kind of, and never, like, I mean, you have the credential, you have the learning, like, you have everything that you take away from it. But I was also seeing that, you know, had maybe I just started carrying crates when I'd left Hunter. Like I right, would be right. uh you know, I might be S V P of the world right now, or like I could be the head of the label or like I could go and work anywhere just by just based off sweat equity. And so I and that was a, a cross I had to carry for a little bit, just very sort of pissed off and wondering if I'd wasted time money and lost footing because this is also around the time that the music industry starts to kind of refine itself right uh post the download hell that it went through but have you used any of those things that you did learn in the ensuing like however many years oh 100 percent. no there's times that i i call i refer to the passman book uh semi-regularly uh there's plenty that i know about uh, working in a studio just from the practicum part of, of learning and like know my way around engineering a bit uh, and there's a ton of the business ethics, a uh, ton of music theory that I still call on so there's plenty that I do rely on and utilize mm-hmm. uh, it's just it's hard to see that at a point when you're making $40,000 a year yeah. did um did taking music business courses teach you anything about HR nah cause I still <laughs> I fucked up with HR royally have we spoken about this or is no this not, oh, okay. but real quick yeah. I'm just curious where's the Donald Passman book located at the library <laughs> I go to Amazon. For it. If you think I know, I'm still supposed to know to do a decimal system. I don't. I can't tell you the last last time I went to the library was when I was unemployed and I didn't pay the cable bill because that was the one thing that could go. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I didn't have internet. There so you I go. went to the I went to the shout to libraries. Yeah. Bang bang. <laughs> anyway, I'm sorry. HR. Uh, no. So okay. So my first industry job, like mm-hmm. my first is. Through a temp agency, I just finished school, and I was like, all right, I want to get a job in music, in the business, and this is how I'm going to go about doing it. I'm just going to take the first thing that's there and then work my way up just through, you know, 
basic yeah. back dealings and now, okay, see this, this does yeah, sound yeah, like yeah, an yeah, HR yeah, problem yeah. now. It does sound, <laughs> it sounds horrible. But like I'm gonna get in the building and I knew that that was the hardest part. So you're willing to start in the mailroom and work your way absolutely. wherever. Okay. Absolutely. Like yeah. understanding that, you know, people with fucking law degrees from Harvard work in the mailroom at a lot of agencies. Right. And I was just like, look, this is the way to get in. So I went and got a job through a temp agency uh at Universal Music Group working in admin services. Okay. So I was there. It's and admin services is basically making sure that mousetraps are making sure that people put mousetraps. I wasn't doing it myself. <laughs> yeah. Uh, making sure that mousetraps are dropped when somebody sees a mouse behind a vending machine. Make sure that people have ID cards that work and that's it. Very much just like the facilities. B- yeah. Yeah. All facilities. But you're in the building. Yeah, I'm in the building. I could walk downstairs. My card key worked for every floor. So I worldwide podcasts. Go to Def Jam. You're not Shout just out to in 50th. the building. You control the building. I more or less control the building. Yes. Yeah. I could go to every floor, every label, uh I was close to the people who did the college uh, ADR rep shit, and so I was like around it. Would go to Def Jam. Uh, my friend Brian was uh, at Def Jam at the time, so I got to be kind of around that. I got to go to the different labels. I got to go to Rockefeller when it was still on Twenty Nine. Um, so are you yeah. still passing out your mixtape? No, but at this point the rap was a thing of the past. At this point, like I'd I'd gone through the open mics. I was at. Um, Wait, was rap? Yeah, rap was a thing in the past, but managing wasn't. So we'll get. Oh, yeah. And who are some of the people uh, now that you would see then in the that around now that you would see in the building? Did you see Sherry Bryant? Oh yeah. Did you see Wayno? Sherry. I did not see Wayno. Okay. Uh, I didn't see Wayno. I think Wayno and. Do you want to see him now? (laughs) I love seeing Wayno now. Wayno is family. He's right Um, around the corner. (laughs) Let's go. Here he comes. yeah, I didn't. I didn't see Wayno. I would see Sherry, and again, I would just go to. I would go to like the digital corner, and like I would walk through, like trying to make the most of my lunch break. Yeah. Um. Because I didn't see people. I saw them when I was eventually working at Def Jam. Yeah, yeah, proper, yeah, yeah. Um. And would work with them and would be around them. But like I would see people in passing and didn't have much of an awareness of who they are because social media was not really a thing yet. Right. Um. But yeah, I would would run past a lot of people. I saw Pecos and <laughs> would see LA occasionally because I yeah. wouldn't go to that floor. Uh, I would walk past 28 to get to 27 where they were. Right. Um, but you had an understanding of what the building's like and yes, how it runs. lay of the land. And yep. where can you go from working in admin services? Yes, I was looking for the way. I was like, okay, so who does the hiring here? Like, how do I... Like, I figured once I was in the building and could access the internet and be like just around the shit then I would you know be okay right you're uh, a friendly face now they recognize yeah, you like yeah they, they know enough of me to say oh, okay here goes the other fat black guy who's not <laughs> Devon Washington um, but that didn't quite work out because I got fired from admin services you got uh, fired I was the longest tenure you were asked to leave there. I was asked to leave uh, I, I was I they didn't renew okay. I've only been fired once in my life um, but they didn't renew it so that wasn't technically a firing uh, but they didn't ask me to come back and like he's very standoffish black uh, like he's he's you know way too cordial with others and doesn't focus on again the job was easy as fuck right. so I would knock the shit out that I had to do and then I'd be friendly with people yeah. HR was on the same floor I would go walk over to HR and see if anything had been posted or if there were any like to see what I could apply my skill set to not the best way to go around it but it made sense in my head yeah and, so I did, and they're like, "Oh, well, he's not at his desk enough. He doesn't, he doesn't take on the response." I was like, "I don't have to sit there and answer phones all day for my words to be done. Nothing was left at the end of the day. Nothing was outstanding." But again, smarter than the work. And so the two uh, racist and very lonely white women who oversaw uh, my department uh, didn't ask that my uh, my contract, my contract, my assignment be. It wasn't a right. contract. Let's be honest. <laughs> I was making six hundred dollars a week, um, <laughs> but they didn't ask that the, the assignment. It was more than six hundred. <laughs> 
was it? Yeah, it was like seven fifty after oh, taxes. Yeah. So I was okay. <laughs> uh, but they didn't ask that it was renewed, and so I wasn't asked back. And where what do you do? I wrote an incendiary email. I just <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, they're not very professional, and fuck them, and fuck this, right. and I didn't get an assignment with them. So I went and I started. Uh, I started doing consulting. Uh, would help people with. Management would just apply my knowledge. Was I was still going to open mics and shit like that? Yeah. So I would meet artists who were trying to do shit. Like and so, uh, artists who were trying to do shit. Yeah. God, I don't want to put names. Out okay. There. Okay. But um, but you're consulting. <laughs> they didn't do much. Right. Um. But yeah, I'm consulting. I'm helping them with. I'm helping them in studio sessions. I'm helping them with projects. I'm letting them know what they should and shouldn't do. I'm helping them speak to clubs to do gigs. I'm I'm overseeing. I'm starting a mini management empire, which if I cared more about them, uh, would have been the starts of me and management caring about start. them instead of caring about you caring about them instead of caring about what i was going to turn that into next okay uh, mm-hmm. so it would, would i did well by them like i didn't fuck anybody i didn't take anybody's publishing for all 75 cents right. um, <laughs> but yeah no so it was but it was very much me pushing them but also thinking about how i'm going to push myself and so i wasn't fully dedicated in the way that they needed full dedication yeah which is difficult to do if you don't have another stream of income yeah like you can't be a full-time manager and god bless people who are full-time managers and that is their one source of income because it's not the easiest thing in the world and you i believe that managers should only eat what they kill and because they try to take so much over the plate and i didn't have people with a lot on their plate and I would only take away, like, if we booked a show, I would take a part of that. But that's, you know, $200, of right. which I would take 10%. Uh, so, you know. Also, so you had to ride home. The times are also <laughs> a lot ride. different because that's still, like, physical CDs. And that's yes. still, like, it's, it's in that weird space. I was manning the merch table um, and was pretty much treating the merch table like weed. So, <laughs> or, like, I would sell eight, keep one. Yeah. So, like, I would get, like, one. So, like, I would it would be more 20% yes. than anything. Or yes. um, closer or sell you know four keep one and um so yeah i was at that point just kind of i was figuring it out and figuring out the way and eventually just got a job at a hospital just because i needed to work and make doing what at a hospital uh <clears throat> excuse me i worked in educational services uh which was running programs for the nurses and doctors and i was yeah i was there i was the smart kid there how does it feel to take a job at that time that you don't necessarily want to take a do? job out of necessity? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a kick in the balls. It was fucking awful. Um, and I mean, it was Woodhull Hospital, which if anybody's ever been there, uh, they call it Woodhell with very good reason. It's mm-hmm. just because it's easy. It, yeah. Because, <laughs> it's an know, easy pun. And that's clever. why. Yeah. Um, Woodhill didn't quite fit. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I was there and it was just like not the best facilities, not the best space. My office was clean enough. Uh, I had my office was adjacent to another woman's office who barely spoke English. Uh, so that was fun. I got to brush up on my Spanish often. <laughs> um, but yeah, it How was your Spanish. Now, mm-hmm. oh, awful! Oh, I'm I'm not Spanish? conversational, but I can eavesdrop. Mm. <laughs> uh, un poquito, pero es muy, muy malo. Uh, yeah, I can I can eavesdrop, but I can't be conversational. Right. I can offer a few things, uh, but I wouldn't drop me in the middle of a Spanish speaking country and hope for my survival. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's a pretty good reality show, TV. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know. yeah. <laughs> it's, it's like how good is your second language? Yeah. <laughs> so, so this is not a place you wanted to be. It wasn't, but it was a place that was paying the bills, uh, and I was around it, and I was doing that. I was still uh, going to open mics, trying to help people with their shit, also still rapping occasionally and doing shit. Uh, at this point, I'm hanging out at Columbia Moore, uh, 
uh, Columbia University, not, not the hospital. No, not the hospital or the no. country. <laughs> I mean, though I could have. Yeah, I right, could have yeah. been at the country in Columbia either, yeah. uh, and I would have been just fine. Uh, so <laughs> I'm hanging out at Columbia, Orange, Irish, where is which I originally met Marat. Um, and so I'm I'm around and I'm thinking that everything's fine. I have money in my pocket, bills are paid, uh, my sidekick is up to date. Nice. And I thought that I was doing okay, and uh, then I wasn't. So I got sick, uh, sick as fuck. Um, and I didn't have health insurance because, you know, no longer a student um, and just didn't know, just didn't want to pay for health insurance until I got a corporate job. I was like, oh, well, I'll have a job soon. And th- well, I'm working in a hospital, so I'll be able to get seen. Um, and I had bilateral walking pneumonia, uh, lungs filled with fluid, uh, just horrible. I had to I was in ICU. It was a how lot. does that um, how does that like happen? I mean, not, not how does it happen, but like, how do you feel? It was walking pneumonia uh, that just got really bad. Like, I thought it was just some shit that could be dealt with with over-the-counter meds, and I tried to treat it accordingly, um, and you, apparently you can't do that. Um, so it just it got worse and worse. Uh, it was a point where I, anytime I went to sleep, I had to sleep propped up uh, because I couldn't lay down because I would feel like the liquid pooling, and I would feel what was essentially myself starting to suffocate. Um Oh, this is this is not like a minor thing. Where you're no, just by like, the by the time it got bad, it was really fucking bad. Like it wasn't, like it was. It could have been dealt with. It, like walking pneumonia. Like they call it walking pneumonia for a reason. Like you can get around with the shit and be just fine. But I didn't treat it accordingly. Like I didn't take what I was supposed to take. I was taking like, oh, I'll just take Nyquil to sleep. Like just knock myself and take Dayquil in the day and be okay. But like I would head to work and I was walking for my train and would get. I would feel shortness of breath after a block like just shit that shouldn't have happened right um, i would just like i sweat because you know glands are what's in our bodies and some of us sweat um but yeah i would sweat like profusely in the winter just like without like coat buttoned up or nothing like wearing no hat like and it was just like it got really bad um mm-hmm. um in your estimation what period of time do you think you were like having symptoms that you ignored it I would say a good five weeks where I just, it just went unchecked. And finally, uh, my mom, as she's heading on vacation, she's like, all right, I'm going to have your aunt just check in on you just because if you're like, if you're not better after the weekend, I want you to go and get seen and whatever the cost is, we'll figure it out. Uh, again, shout out to mom. Yeah. Um, and so I was like, all right, fine. I'll go like, go enjoy your vacation, get away, have fun. Um, and before she left, she's like, no, I don't feel good about this. She took me to the ER. I was admitted. They told her what it was. Um, she canceled her trip again. Mom, I owe you uh, a lot. Um, and so she canceled her trip, stayed with me. And what they told her was that had I not come in before the weekend or had I not come in Friday, I wouldn't have made it through the weekend. Whoa. Yeah. Like at all. Yep. So what was that hospital stay like? Uh, three weeks of rough, uh, I was intubated and unconscious in the ICU for the first half of it. Uh, okay. So they have to get your permission to do that, right? They got my, I signed something. Yeah. Uh, like they, cause I was an adult, but uh, my mom was there. So they had my next of kin, like my sister, my god sister, who was a social worker came in, uh, and introduced me to the joy of emergency Medicaid, which took care of everything. Uh, because I was like I fabricated some stuff. Sorry to the system <laughs> that worked so hard to support others. Um, but yes, I. Uh, so she. Um, but yeah, I did have to sign something. Uh, and they put you under, and I was intubated just to 
help with the breathing while everything was cleared out of my system. Yeah. For how long? Uh, this is about a week. That you a little, were a little more, yeah, a little more than a week. You were out for a week. Uh, no, I wasn't out for a full week. Um, I was out for maybe six days and woke up uh, with a tube down my throat and pulled the tube out. Because because it's yeah. What else? You, yeah, you, you, I was joking. Like I could feel it's like yeah. yeah. So I was I was sedated and then I came from under uh, and was no longer sedated and uh, detubated. I don't think that's how the word, but I took my tube out. You. Do you have any idea what that time, what those six days were like? I had no idea. I didn't know that I was under for that long. I didn't know. As far as you were concerned, you were just asleep. I I didn't. I mean, I didn't have any like lucid dreams or anything. Like I couldn't. I had no concept of the time or what it was. I went in. They put a line into my thigh to get it to an artery quicker, uh, to help to kind of get some medicine into my system. Um, I went under, and then that was it. And I didn't like like bits and pieces of being out of sedation for a moment, but nothing consistent enough to know what was going on and to know what was what I was feeling or what was happening. And then one day, just on well, one night, uh, unchecked, um, and like while well, a nurse wasn't making their rounds, wasn't in the room with me, and nobody was visiting, I came from under and. Thankfully, my hand was free because oh, had my hands yeah. been tied down, that would have been a pretty fucked up situation. Um, but my hands, like I wasn't uh, secured and came from under sedation and got my tube out. Which is not what, what they, they expected yeah. <laughs> at all. Apparently, you're not supposed to do that. Um, yeah, it's not. Um, so, yeah, I was. Well, that's week one. <laughs> yeah. So um, so I couldn't speak for a few days after. My voice started to come back. A lot of ice cubes, a lot of tea. Um, and then I, everything else was just like being in the bed, getting things ready. They had like the motors on my legs so that I wouldn't, my legs wouldn't atrophy. And yeah, time. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, then I just started to come back and vowed to never work in a hospital again. Um, and had people rallying around me who were like, "All right, yeah, this isn't what you're supposed to be doing with life. This isn't like who makes sure like, okay, you have to take care of yourself and like you can't let your like you can't get sick and just not go." And so I um, had a good number of guardian angels and family around me who would make sure that I was keeping up with shit the right way. And yeah, I didn't go back to that job. Um, okay, so also fuck Woodhull Hospital because I went to get seen, and if you're at a hospital, they should help you with me- some sort of fucking medical help. Yeah, and they're like, yeah, well, you should go see a doctor. It's like I'm in a fucking hospital. <laughs> uh, so yeah, fuck them. How does that experience like change uh, your philosophy towards life? I realized that it was too short. Like I couldn't. I was standing by the ceremony, trying to plan things out, uh, not dealing with a ton of urgency. And just kind of doing what I'd always done in life, knowing that shit was going to work itself out. Um, you know, whether it was school, whether it was anything, I always knew that shit would be okay. And just had to take it by the horns a little bit more. So, yeah, I, I just stopped waiting around for shit to happen and started to actively get after shit happening. And again, was around some people who were great about helping to put me in a position or putting me in a position to where shit would happen uh, easier whether it was brian uh my one of my oldest friends who got me my first job at def jam uh which was working in digital media uh or new media at that time um so i was building out myspace pages and doing shit like that and 
you know, kind of shit that I'd learned from working with artists and helping them with their pages and like pushing the top nav down about 90 <laughs> pixels to put a player <laughs> and a store link up there. Uh, so I was taking that shit and I started doing it on Mariah Carey and Rihanna's pages, putting myself in the top friends. And yes, but you, know. you get back, you get back inside 825 Worldwide Plaza. I get back inside. Now I you ha- now you have an ID yourself to and get I into. I showed both sides of my ass when I went to take because I was initially working as a consultant, so I would go and I would still tread lightly. Yeah. So I was like, oh, they can fuck some shit up if they want to yeah uh but i went but then once i became like officially an, a, a consultant i went up there and i was like a bit freer with it <laughs> uh so worked in new media then got offered a job in def jam proper uh working in a research and promotion and so when that happened and i signed my contract and i went to fill out my corporate card paperwork uh, i went up there and i showed <laughs> both sides of my ass and one of my balls i let them have it all so but but to be in the music business and work at the legendary yes. label that is Def Jam had yes. to be just unbelievable. It was amazing. It was amazing. Uh, it was surreal as fuck, uh, but also um, it was it let me it made me feel like it was go time. Like yeah, it was to be in the building to make it through rounds of layoffs to be recognized by LA and Steve and coworkers to be able to sit in on these meetings to be a part of some phenomenal. Uh, artists work and some other not so phenomenal artists work um meant a lot you know to go to the building every day to see def jam on your id to have you music in your email address um yeah it was powerful to have a blackberry that i didn't have to pay the bill for uh these were special times yeah what was the best meeting that you were a part of the best meeting oh fuck um (laughs) i don't know if it was the best uh there was one where kanye came in to perform uh his verse from maybach music and it was very much just like, hey, look at me. And so that was interesting because I was sitting right by Kanye's feet. Uh, he was like on the conference room table. It's like, look at these shoes. Yeah. Uh, the best meeting I've ever been a part of was Electric Red performing for us and getting a lap dance from all of the members <laughs> in the conference room. And that was just something very special. It, it made for a very, very memorable evening um <laughs> what can you say about the leadership of la reed and steve bartles man they were exceptional uh it, it takes a lot to run a company it takes a lot to run a company where there's egos everywhere and not like ego isn't a bad thing like you need ego to make the company run it makes people take ownership it makes people understand that they want to they don't want to be associated with something that's not doing shit uh but la is a he's a he's a He's a diva, I guess. He's, he's mm-hmm. a, a bit of a male diva, but rightfully so. Like, he's done everything. Right. And he's very much about his shit. Shit has to be aesthetically pleasing. All the green apples cannot be bruised, and the candles must all have quarter-inch wicks on them. Uh, but, like, rightfully so. Like, he's he's earned that. And then Steve was just, like, the balancing point. L.A. was the passion, and Steve was the practical. Mm-hmm. And so they they balanced each other really well, I felt like. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, we... No, sure. Yeah. And do you... Um, when you got the 30 under 30... Mm-hmm. Did uh did you lobby for that? Did I I had a I applied one year. I applied when I was twenty eight. Um twenty seven going on twenty eight, pardon me. And I didn't get it. I was like, Oh, I know I'm working harder than these motherfuckers and like I vented to a friend of mine, uh, who was a publicist, and I told him I was like, Hey, you know, like I don't I feel like I should be here. I don't necessarily understand why people are in there who aren't me. Um, what am I doing wrong? Or you know, like, what do I need to be doing? She's like, look, 
specialize more because at this point like I was really I was in the building and I was trying to do whatever to make sure I got a corner office so like I didn't like the chairman is a chairman for a reason the president is president for a reason you preside over everything because that's the position that you work to get to I didn't understand that you know being a manager didn't mean that I didn't own Def Jam (laughs) Uh, so I would try to work on all the projects like I would deal in digital but was being was a part of promo like I tried to touch everything I could and so what she said is that maybe you're not specialized enough in what you're doing and there's no real title to correspond to everything that you want to be doing Um, so when I went out for it again it was as I was leaving Def Jam it happened to happen during the time when I was preparing to leave Def Jam and starting to work for Nick. And so the title part would be taken care of. And so we just specialized it a bit. And she, uh, so I did, I guess I complained about it, uh, moaned a little bit, <laughs> but I didn't lobby per se. And she she submitted me through one of the editors, Gail Mitchell, uh, and I made the list and took my headshot on a BlackBerry camera in LAX. <laughs> that's, a, that's a stunt. Flossy, what, a little what, bit flossy. What do you think you were really good at digital-wise? like back then uh ad buys <laughs> um ad buys and and page design and i was i was very good at the editorial part of digital uh, i would do the newsletters uh i was clever and i am clever mm-hmm. uh and well, i mean uh, you were i was i was <laughs> yeah, now I was marginally clever yeah. uh and so there was a bit of that in the editorial so in helping like twitter was just becoming a thing so we had some bands that were willing to be a little bit fun about it and some who weren't willing to be so fun about it the killers um, <laughs> and so like but i got a chance to apply that a bit and to help and create and uh create the language and drive audience and build audiences and do a lot of that interaction and create there so that was i would feel i felt like the editorial end of it was my stronger part for whatever limited amount that was one email or 140 characters and who were some of the artists that we're talking about back then bieber rihanna bieber fallout boy fallout boy fallout boy was largely self-contained you just had to once you learn the voice they were okay with it Mm -hmm. Uh, so i I learned just to (laughs) talk about lemon heads occasionally and put exclamation (laughs) points where they didn't necessarily need to be um the dream uh, I did I did some stuff with Terry as JD was over more of the Def Jam mm-hmm, stuff and mm-hmm. I was on the island side so mm-hmm. I did a lot of the pop and rock uh, but JD who's currently at Epic was yeah, JD uh, Anderson yep uh, I guess he does have a last name yeah <laughs> um, he, he did the Rockefeller and Def Jam stuff for the most part and I would help with a couple of things like I would help occasionally with Rihanna and Kanye um, how does the Nick Cannon situation enter your life um I was, he would be in the office all the time, running around, pushing his artists, and he would pop into my office to just talk about, like, I would help with some of their digital shit uh, outside of what we were doing. So, be like, hey, maybe you should be doing this with them, maybe this would make sense, and would deal with the product managers. At this point, they're starting to fuck with the idea of pods a little bit at Def Jam. Pods are essentially where they assign small teams to projects versus just one person presiding over it and it finding its way through each department. Um, so there was so I was working on some of his artist stuff. He would come in and talk and I'm like, All right, I understand that I need a title to go with this. I see Nick and assume that working with anybody who's in Hollywood means that you're gonna instantly be rich. Um, which, you know, wasn't the case. <laughs> um, and so I was like, All right, man, look, I, like you have a lot going on. What are you doing in terms of your marketing and in terms of what you see for your artists and your company? Like who's always like, Well, actually I am looking for I've, we've been looking for somebody like that. Um, the person who was his head of was a phenomenal publicist and was setting up his publicity uh, was preparing to do justice publicity and was paring down a bit. So they were looking for somebody to enter that role. And I was like, all right, 
let's do it. Like, fuck it. It's a title. It will be the the title. Like, this will get the thirty under thirty. This will add that add that piece. Like, it'll add that that headline piece to it. And so I was was like, all right, man. Well, if there's something that you'd be down, he's like, yeah, man. I actually would want to speak to you about. It. I was like, all right, sweet, let's go. And so that's how it happened. Uh, as we, easy as that. Yeah, pretty much that easy. Uh, uh, there probably should have been more to it. Than that. <laughs> uh, again, hindsight twenty twenty. Um, but yeah, we so we're off to the races, uh, and it took maybe a month for everything to happen. Um, I said my goodbyes. I went. I spoke to L.A. and Steve. Uh, Steve spoke to me sternly. Um, <laughs> he wasn't happy to see you go. He wasn't, uh, and he was like, you know, he's, he can't do this. Like that's not like that's poaching. And I was like, I said, he's like, but it's what you want to do. I give you my blessing. And Steve uh, has always been like, anytime I've seen him, he's always been gracious. He's always been terrific. Uh, but yeah, he was not happy. But then, I mean, I had to go back through the building and work artists. So. He was he was really good about it and just it taught me a very important lesson about business and so yeah then I rocked with Nick and what was working you were working at Nickelodeon you were a I was Nickelo- in the Nickelodeon building em- employee yeah. uh, I was an incredible employee okay. I wasn't a Nickelodeon employee uh, because when I went oh. in and I'm thinking well, okay no no because people <laughs> might think like oh I was an incredible employee and it's like <laughs> oh no well, I worked yeah, I was the letter I was general manager incredible. of and yeah. credible um, I went into Nickelodeon and my understanding is like okay media conglomerate terrific and not knowing that what they'd again this is why always read the contract first kids and so i went there um and was told oh yeah well you'll be great you'll have an executive you'll like you'll have an office you'll have an executive position it's like terrific let's get to it and so i put down an outrageous salary demand because <laughs> i didn't know what they were expecting to pay but i was like well here's what a general manager gets paid in today's competitive environment mm-hmm. thinking that i was making some huge jump in like i saw a dollar signs and so i put a quarter million on my on wow. my viacom uh paperwork and by this time and i'd done projects with viacom like i'd already you know that viacom does not pay <laughs> That I, much money. I knew they didn't pay managers and directors, VPs, or anybody, but I'm saying if a general manager mm-hmm. is expecting to be paid by this company, then 250000 is what my expected salary is. Yes. And so I put 250000 And they gave you? And they gave me <laughs> Just short of that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just, um, so I was... I. It was a point where I like I got paid for producing with Teen Nick, Nickelodeon, MTV2, but um, I was an incredible. I was paid through Nick, uh, Nick Cannon's Incredible. Okay, what and I wasn't paid two hundred fifty thousand. What <laughs> What were your duties at Incredible? Everything. Okay. Uh, overseeing. Set the, the mousetraps. <laughs> uh, yes, mostly setting mousetraps, making sure the fridge was fully stocked with influence. Um, finding new business deals. Uh, overseeing all digital, also overseeing the music for what that was, um, and then being Nick's cool friend. Yes, was that what, was my job description. What did you? Going. What cool things did you put Nick onto? Um, everything. These <laughs> headphones. Uh, yeah. uh, I uh, connected him with Monster where we did that. Uh, Foot Locker. Um, I brought in him doing the commercial with Damian Lillard, um, and made it his agency wake up so that they were like oh this is a great fine thank you <laughs> i was like yeah it would be great if you paid my commission or right. finders fee on yeah. that um so yeah just just a lot of stuff where they were kind of missing it but essentially doing like hey here are things that you should be doing here are places that you should occupy so getting them into the consumer product space um which has since been bastardized for some less than phenomenal headphones that look like canal street versions of beast by dre mm-hmm. uh no disrespect right. but they're they're not very 
uh, fly headphones. Right. Um, so yeah, just getting them into all those spaces, uh, whether it be consumer products, uh, whether it be doing more of the shit with online, like having them. I mean, he was he had an aversion to doing like shit with like skits and whatnot, but I would put him on my Vine and um, and put him in little random Instagram clips and make him like force him to do the fourth wall personality thing, mm-hmm. where it's like, okay, here it's not reality, but it's it's not reality TV necessarily, but here's where you need to be more involved to give people more of a glimpse into your personality, just because there is a certain stigma attached to him that is you know for better or for worse uh, or mostly for worse, um, people don't see him for. All the good shit that he does, like all the creative that he does, and for all he, for all the lanes that he allows people, and so I tried to make it to where more of that could be shared, and people could see him as more of a personality than Mariah's husband. See, I'm surprised that he wouldn't be into doing so much stuff for the camera because, like, he does seem like that guy who's so over eager to be like crowd pleasing. Yeah. Um. It, there were points where he'd unplug, but. Yeah, I tried mm-hmm. and made him do videos for Nike Football Society. I used him a lot. He was he was very much an unpaid talent. Uh, <laughs> well, so was, were you. Yeah, you were too. Oh, yeah, you know, thank you. Thank <laughs> yeah. you um, but yeah, I, I used him in a ton of ways that maybe weren't the best utilization. Do you talent. think that your time there was well spent in terms of what you learned and how you grew? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, it's not an experience I would trade for anything. There are things that I would certainly do differently and expectations um, that I would change maybe not lower but i would alter mm-hmm. um just because like i you never you can't ever expect from someone what you're willing to give yourself and and i think that was a mistake that i made in assuming that the investment that i was more than just an employee or that the investment was more than just an employer putting it into an employee where like i took the brand on i didn't get it tattooed like some other people i worked with and i barely wore the chain um but i was very much i was pro incredible i was pro nick and like as a flag that i i waved uh perhaps and should not have waved as highly or as as yeah as strongly um i I had this conversation with our aunt jane semi recently where she was just like or i guess we were all at dinner with aunt jane and and she said jeff was there too jeff was there too yeah and and dan and and our mom they they make me sit at a different table that's fine jamal's a dan fan we have a lot of dan Dan fans yeah everybody's a dan fan yeah Yeah. uh so but aunt jane mentioned at some point she was like if you don't have any expectations you won't be let down and i don't know Mm -hmm. if that's a way to live life though at all like i i feel like you need to sort of embrace like whatever it is and go with the highs and the lows to not have expectations is a very i understand the i understand that logic but it, it is in in my opinion no, no disrespect and all love to Aunt jane yeah. um but it's an empty way because you should have expectations you shouldn't have expectations for others and they should absolutely be expectations based on what you're willing to bring to the table what you're willing to leverage and do for yourself and what you're willing to work towards and build towards yeah. and that was the thing like I expected I went into a situation expecting that things were going to be a certain way or like oh there will be this access or I will have that and there was a ton of that don't get me wrong um, but I didn't it, it very much changed how I approach anytime I sign a contract anytime I do anything whether it be content or with a company like it's absolutely shaped how I go into these dealings even having approached them from a management side before um, how I approach them how I look at them whether I'm talent or management or whether I'm dealing on the label end it I absolutely it changes the lens that I look at things through and sometimes by the way you leave with hurt feelings and yeah. we've and we've all been through that and I think the end of, of your time but incredible wasn't thrilling i mean it wasn't like no nah, man it was dark as shit for me like I, and thank you guys and thank all the friends who were there and check like but like i was that was without fit without 
a doubt the lowest point uh, in my life. Uh, I'd never been fired before. Uh, I was not fired for a reason other than somebody else was taking the check that was intended for me. Um, and like, it was like, the, even the talk was like, oh, well, everybody here loves you. They're just, you know, they're going in a different direction, which, you know, is, it is what it is. It sucks. And I mean, but it's also on me because I was very loyal to a company, not realizing that it was still a company, right. not taking it that it was a job. And I think that people very much fall in love with these brands. They fall in love with these companies. They wave these flags and fall so in love with the trappings of things when they're good that they forget to love themselves through it and to look out for themselves through all the shit. And I was very much there. Like, I was like, all right, well, I'm here. Things are great. Here's where things are going to be even greater. And everything's going to be wonderful because I'm dedicating this. I'm investing this in this company. I'm bringing Eric and Jeff in so that we can try to do a TV project. Like, I'm bringing things to the table. Mm -hmm. that makes sense I'm like only doing things that are going to further this company so all of that energy and all of that will come back tenfold and that's not always the way shit happens right. and that is not the way it happened there and so I was I was hurt yeah I, I, how did how did um the hurt manifest for you a lot of bags of Doritos um a lot of uh just being down uh just I I went into a shell for a, a good probably a year uh, I would say maybe like 14 months. Um, I just internalized. I didn't want to be around people, partially because broke, uh, but also mm -hmm. because like I didn't I just didn't want to be out. And um, I stopped getting hit up to go out too. like people. It's, it's funny. People only want to be around for access sometimes. Mm -hmm. and right. Like So I got it. it that was really helpful because I got a chance to pare down on some of those quote unquote friendships and realize that there are people that I didn't need to be around. But I also got to see that people will reach out. People will check on you. People will be in your corner and you can't offer such like you can't condemn all, all mankind for the sake of a few folks like there were and it didn't sour me I, I just want to put it like that it didn't sour me to Nick or to the company or to doing like I was still I was just I was hurt like I wasn't I didn't have a vendetta I don't hate anyone I've I've seen pe him since I've seen people since I'm like I wave I shake hands we speak it is what it is like I helped to uh coordinate Nick on Combat Jack show uh, in the wake of um, everything like being in the shits for me and I would still be on the phone with Nick with Combat's team and with Reggie himself uh, and 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 said about Reg that he is very persistent uh, <laughs> when he wants something and he very much was that like he would hit me to check on me he was like hey man you good is there anything I can do it's like you know I'm good and like he would speak to me and uh, he threw a couple of opportunities to and I made some money so thank him for that um, but yeah he would hit me for he's like hey so when can this Nick Cannon episode happen <laughs> it's like you know I'm not there anymore. it's like no but you have that access and so uh, we did make it happen and yeah. he was nice enough to shout me out in the beginning of that episode yeah, yeah. Uh, for helping to get it done um, by the way and this is a, a sort of off topic but i was just listening to um tax stone did an interview um from prison with this guy uh tahoe and mm -hmm. um he just talked about the expectations of people who have not hit him up while he's been in jail and and i i think that there is something similar in what you were saying but it, it just like uh reminded me of that yeah absolutely. people people very much feel some sort of dominion over you when the times are good and no responsibility for you when the times are bad. Yep. Uh, and it's something that we have, like we, we, it's partially equating it to not wanting to be a burden and uh, like you don't want to add on to shit, but you'd be surprised what just checking on someone can do. Yeah. Like it, it's, it's a lot. And you know, like people, I don't think that we, we don't put enough of the, 
personality or, or the person into personality rather like we like it's like oh okay you're out and about you're doing things hey let's shake hands let's take a picture let me shout you out on twitter and say how much fun it was to see you but you know when you're quiet for a 10 month let me not check on you let me not see how life's doing let me not see if there's anything you need um and and that's unfortunate like i i see i tried to and i've tried my damnedest to never be that person um but it's it's difficult seeing people that way and i understand everybody goes through shit and i I never like if somebody's going through shit i never hold them for saying oh but you didn't check on me either like that's not what it's about but it's interesting to see how people almost make it their point to be present when things are good it was like oh well you know i didn't you were so quiet for so long i was like yeah funny how life exists outside of twitter Mm -hmm. like i don't tweet or i don't post on instagram that doesn't mean you can't reach out And, and i think we hold so much of what we witness or what people allow us to see as what's actually going on and that's uh, unfortunate. So I, I try to, I, especially now, I try to be a lot more um, conscious about how often I post and not doing it so often and not being so absorbed in social media except when, you know, money or entertainment is coming from it, but to not be so swallowed up because there are people outside of it who I love dearly, who I enjoy very much, and who very much kept me alive uh, and, and afloat throughout um, a, a very dark about year and a half of mm. my life. Uh, and it's very easy to just kind of forget about that and just to put on a happy face when shit is good again. Um, but you know, I don't, I don't hold grudges. I'm just very aware of when people weren't. And there are people who have been fantastic. Like, like you guys were phenomenal. Wayno, like Hovane, Kaz, all the Cam, Low, all the Henny Palooza guys, like so many friends were great. Fadia was remarkable. Diana, you know, so many people were so good about like checking in and like saying, Hey, are you good? Like, like you've been quiet. I know that it's not, but I just wanted to make sure you're okay. I'm like, yeah. Blasta. You know, so I, I appreciate people who, you know, who are still people. How do you um, bring it back to yourself and buy into the idea of you, Jamal, not Jamal from Incredible? Um, It's still going on, honestly. There are people who still, like, when I was wilding out, is preparing to shoot again. So people will, like, tag me in videos, be like, hey, Nick's looking for new cast members. <laughs> like, hey, this number might not be the same one that I had. Uh, it is, by the way. So yeah, yeah. I'll post it on my IG story for whoever wants it. Um, but no, I, I, uh, I, I think I just had to... I had to understand what it is to be a person from because I was I was five years and change five plus years if you count Universal Music Group at Def Jam. Uh, I was five years with Nick, so I've I've anywhere I've been, especially in music business where things constantly revolving door. I've always been very much of that company and have been like, oh, that's Jamal from Def mm-hmm. Jam. That's Jamal from Incredible. That's Nick Cannon's guy. So it had to be something where I just where I made it a concerted point to separate myself from it and not be so much the or not be considered so much the company man mm-hmm. um and just had to unplug like it, it's very it was a concerted effort at a point uh now not so much i feel like things are not on autopilot necessarily but so much of what i've done um brand work that i've done that hasn't been attached to nick things that i've gone out and gotten for myself whether it's buick with the final four or, or you know uh, yeah mcdonald's and hello beautiful like anything that i've done uh even to my role at entertainment one like it's very much like it's okay this is jamal this is where jamal works with this company but it's still very much i'm unapologetically me like i'm snarky i fancy myself as the smartest guy in the room eight times out of ten um and i'm always looking for smarter rooms to be in and i'm not 
I don't apologize for that. Like I'm the same person in meetings. Um, I'm the same person with Gabby Peluso that I would be with, you know, the dude on the LIRR who I don't know from a can of paint. Like that is me. <laughs> That's who you get. And it, it's been about that. It's being unapologetically me, which has very much helped to me being unapologetically on brand at all times. Yeah. Who are smarter people that you have been around? Eric Rosenthal. Huh? Uh, <laughs> Dan Rosenthal. <laughs> um, no, I, there, there's a lot of people who are still not Jeff. Yeah, I um, no, I, you guys are certainly. I, I like all of my friends or anybody who I talk to on a semi regular basis, anyone who I support, anyone who supports me, they're all people who are smarter than me in some way. Uh, or in like, And we all lend different pieces of intelligence, different sensibilities. So I'm constantly uh, surrounded, thankfully, surrounded by people who are smarter, who are emotionally smarter than me, who might you know have more sense in one arena. So um, there's always, but as far as like flat out like, are you smarter than a fifth grader shit? Yeah, were um, you in the same room as Jeff Foxworthy? <laughs> a couple of times. I'm definitely smarter than Jeff Foxworthy. Um, but no, there, there's I'm, I'm always around people who I can learn from. Uh, mm-hmm. So I, I don't necessarily uh, quantify being the smartest person in the room anymore, though from room to room I'd still like to think that I might be one of the smartest. What do you like about working at a label now? Um, that I know better. Uh, I A lot of the people that I work with are relationships that I've had for several years or there are people who know of me uh, or who I've known via social media or having worked with them at other stops and having dealt with them in other capacities um, so and I, I know enough of a label and the dealings and of what's going on to get the most out of it uh, so it's not I'm excited I'm eager to work with everyone but I also know the sensibilities of management I know the sensibilities of an agent and I'm, I'm aware of more sides of it and so that's the other thing like my journey has been it's been haphazard at points, but there's nothing that I would trade my journey for at all, just because I've gotten to learn and experience so many different parts that, you know, it's it's brought me to where I am. And, and I do, I know a great deal, but I'm also willing to learn a great deal and I'm always very open to it. So that's been, it's been a very special a special piece by the way people might recognize your voice as being very loud during the rockefeller podcast <laughs> oh i mean i'm the look guys here's the thing and like i said this is my fourth time i no, mean really, so I that guess makes that it not my fifth, fifth, fifth yeah. maybe my sixth wow. if you guys do the new york show yeah, yeah, yeah. Or the LA, this could potentially be my seventh time on the it's the real podcast legend and i i you guys are the podcast legend I'm, <laughs> on the, I'm on the periphery i'm memphis bleak um but no, like I, I was, yes, they might recognize me. And I got, like, <laughs> shout out to all the people who was like, oh, you know, this, it's the real podcast with Inf yelling in the background. <laughs> I was like, you know what? That's special. That, that's recognition that means something. Um, you know, I, you guys are fantastic, man. I, I love what you do. I've been a fan of your work. Uh, even before we became family, before we became friends, uh, I was a fan. I've run up on people on boats. I ran up on you on a boat mm-hmm. asking that, about... Well, uh, not about us, though. That, no, I ran up on Jeff yeah, on Frank, looking for William Frank, Frank William Miller. Well, yeah, but William you were William just like, where's Frank? And I'm like, do I know you? <laughs> you didn't. No, you didn't. But I knew you because I yeah. was a fan of the videos. I'd always <laughs> wanted to be in an Insta Real video. Um, and yeah, like so I, I've known of you guys and then got to know you guys and uh, was very much a fan of you guys. Uh, Are you just saying this so you can get invited back? Yeah. No, no, no. I mean, oh, I brought donuts, man. I'm yeah. definitely coming yeah, back. You did, I, yeah, you did. I put some yeah. skin in the game. Yeah. Uh, but no, like I'm, I'm very much, I, I love and support It's The Real and I am a fan of Eric. <laughs>
go, Jamal. Uh, we appreciate you coming up for the Thank you for uh, Hopefully, the other time. people will be able to do this. Uh, <laughs> Damn. Yo, yo, whether it's whether it's. Do we tell that? Do we talk about me getting scrapped on that? I, I think we started out the okay, podcast with that. Just yeah. sure. Listen, Jamal, uh, congratulations on everything. Like, sincerely, sincerely, uh, whether it's analytics or metrics or metaphorics, you just, you know, <laughs> you, you have built something very special and, uh, and, and you bounce back and you're killing it out there. So, thank you. Thanks for coming up here. I greatly appreciate you guys having me. Truly, this means a lot. Thanks, everyone, for listening to this new episode of A Waste Time with It's the Real Jeff. If people want to find out more about us, we. Our It's the Real, no apostrophe, no spaces. If people want to find out more about this podcast of ours, it's called A Waste of Time with It's the Real. Again, no apostrophe, no spaces. And if people want to find out more about our upcoming shows, including a big one that we are going to announce tomorrow, you're going to hear all about it all over the internet. Where can people go? You can always find me at New York County Supreme Court, 60 Center Street on Foley oh my Square God. in the Civic Center District of Manhattan, New autographs? York City. Get autographs. I will, yeah, I will be there. Jury selection starts on Thursday. I will probably be <laughs> on the second floor. All right. And hopefully I will be, uh, you know, selected. You can find us on itsthereal.com, I-T-S-T-H-E-R-E-A-L, no apostrophe, no spaces. We are also on iTunes. Search for A Waste of Time with It's The Real, or you can go to soundcloud.com slash a waste of time go stream all of our old episodes all of our new episodes they're also on stitcher and all streaming services which is also coincidentally where you can find all of our music hey go to spotify listen to sugar high our song with over 550,000 plays over there it is also on title it is also on soundcloud.com slash it's the real if you want to find us on twitter it is twitter.com slash it's the real also on facebook it's the real and instagram it it's the real if you want to find us on snapchat it is it's it's the real because it's the real was taken and we are also on uh twitch twitch is what i was looking for we are also on twitch at it's the real it's the real because it's the real was taken jeff this podcast which is doing nicely can do double as nice twice as nice maybe if you guys go and tell a friend we know that it starts with us we like to tell a friends to tell their friends to tell their friends to tell their friends Let's double our audience. Jeff, who do you want to shout? I want to shout out Skip from BK on Twitter, who has been going through and listening to all of our podcast episodes from the beginning, including episode one, episode two, episode three, all the way to episode 15 right now. Skip from BK on Twitter. Shout out to him for doing the unthinkable and listening to all 170 episodes oh my in God. a row. In one month, he said. In a month. I, Jeff, would like to shout out Aaliyah Simone, who we ran into in real life. When she was leaving the body roll party that was happening at Highline Ballroom that Young Guru and Just Blaze were DJing at, and we were just arriving. We see this pack of girls, and Aaliyah looks at us and goes, oh my god, it's you guys, it's the real. And we're like, hey! And so we talked for a second, and she was like, guess what? Rory's inside. And we were like... Oh, all right. You know. <laughs> shout out to Rory. Shout out to the whole Joe Budden podcast. But yeah, shout out to Aaliyah Simone, who was nice enough to, to talk with us for a few minutes, tell us that we really are putting out great content. And uh, she's listened to, I think, just about every episode and really rocks with us. And we really appreciate that. So shout out to Aaliyah. Hopefully, uh, whatever other parties they were on their way to, all the girls enjoyed themselves that night. We know we had a great time at the body roll party and got to hang out with Just and Young Guru and 
So Super Sam, and a whole bunch of other people. Shout out to everybody over there, Annie and Kayla and Melissa. And we can't wait until the next one. As always, guys, now for real, for real. Sure, sure. We'll see you guys next week. Brrrr.